Be honest, how <laughs> creepy did he look driving by with a camera? He, 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 26 of Podcasters Anonymous. My name is Jeff. I'm Jonah. And today we have Mr. Michael Rick Richardson, geographical expert, possible vegetarian, certified indie cred recipient, recording artist, and writer of the soundtrack for the upcoming documentary Turquoise in Gold, which you can support on Patreon, but more on that later. I meant to say Kickstarter. We're just going to keep going. Uh, Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fan-freaking-tastic. Thank doing you so well. much for joining us through the interwebs mm. uh it was uh, quite the journey getting in here today but we figured it out yeah you would think that the internet would bring things closer together but it still brings us way, farther apart truth exactly truth bomb well right michael before we get into the nitty-gritty we like to start out with a little game we call a bad take bad takes michael did you hear that sound drop <laughs> Uh, I did. I, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm laughing at. I was not sure if that was going to work. <laughs> yeah, we try to be very professional over here, <laughs> if you couldn't tell. This is usually a three-person <laughs> operation. Well, I guess it is a three-person operation, but mm. we have a third core member, Reed, who whenever I announce the bit, he sings that little song, but he's not here today because uh, he's getting a late-term abortion in the state of Virginia. Can we get a golf clap? Is that on your soundboard? You're damn right it is. <laughs> like I said, very professional. <laughs> now, last time I did that, we broke the recording. So hopefully we're good this time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm guessing this segment means that I'm supposed to deliver some kind of bad take. Right? Well, we haven't established the order yet. Uh, Michael, why don't you go first? Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's a really great, great way of telling me yes by also telling me no. <laughs> is there going to be a lot of power struggle in this? Jeff? Um, who is do you think? Who do you think's in of... charge? Okay, who do you think runs this shit? Okay. Uh, I'm going to tastefully not answer that one. <laughs> uh, okay, so a bad take is what it sounds like. I imagine mm -hmm. pretty clear. Yeah. Um, okay. This. I have another question. Is it supposed to be a take? that I believe in and I think is good, but recognize other people will think it's bad. If you don't believe it, just preface your bad take by saying that. But we, mm. you can bring anything or to the table. if you don't believe it, just channel Dave Rubin as you deliver it. Oh, and betray my um, identity in every way possible? <laughs> For money. Clout, I guess. Is, For clout, yes. Money is yeah, yeah. Money. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He gets okay. it. He gets it. Okay, okay. Yeah, oh, we'll talk I, later. What? <laughs> I'm extremely online. <laughs> this, this guy gets it. Uh, but yeah, okay, uh, what's um, your bad take, this buddy? Is a, yeah, so I know this is bad because I shared it recently and uh, it, it was unpopular. It was not well received. Mm. So charity. <laughs> great start. <laughs> yeah, I know her. She does great work. Cha so charity, the concept is a scam. Interesting. Okay. It's not, yeah, it's... Do you want me to go extemporaneously? Please, oh, yes, elaborate. Yeah, like, elaborate, like, elaborate a little. On it. Okay, yeah. So, okay, so some charitable organizations do legitimate good things um, that are that are like real material improvements to the world and people's lives. Mm. Charity th exists as like a cultural thing. 
as a concept in our society as a way for rich people to launder their reputation and also their money sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that they don't actually have to give up any of their wealth or power, which has been, you know, what's the, hang on. What's the slant of this podcast? Is this, is this like communist friendly or I mean, what? everything goes <laughs> to be honest, we haven't figured it out yet. So, there's Until a, then, we've, it's all good. It's okay. a, there's a Christian leftist, a spiritual, uh, what was it? Ambivalent right, and a deconstructed centrist. I don't know. I'll let you guess who's who. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I would consider that pretty Dave Rubin core yourself. So. Oh, interesting. Okay. Golf clap to you all guys. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, We're a very socially left-leaning <laughs> podcast, if nothing else. And I, I love what you're saying, actually. I was just talking sure. to somebody about sure. this the other day. Um, a person that I know of uh, was basically on staff at a charity, which is already like, okay, that's <laughs> interesting. The charity was <laughs> failing. They brought him to a leadership position. He gave himself a $60,000 a year salary. And then also charged the charity for a project he was going to film for them and basically took out all the money in the charity and then the charity ended. He basically killed the charity but made sure he got the last of the money. It was like (laughs) boss levels of just pure evil. But I was like, especially uh, I was talking to somebody about this when it comes to churches, right? How there's like people just keep starting churches and the same thing goes for charities where it's like if you really wanted to do something good, Shouldn't you all just kind of come together as one unit? Because every time you start a new charity or a new church, there's a startup cost associated. There's new people that need to make money to be able to do what you're doing. So you're not really trying to do good. You're just trying to give yourself a position or you're totally right with the laundering money and the giving yourself a position to either make yourself feel good or actually take advantage of the system. So great take. Yeah. Yeah. Any, Thank uh, you. Hell any, yeah. Any yeah. legit charities that you want to shout out or ones we should avoid? The Trevor Project is pretty well respected. Ooh, yep, yep. What is that? Like? And does teen suicide. legitimate work. Okay. Specifically yeah, LGBTQ specifically LGBT. Plus, yeah. Hey, look jinx. at that. Yeah. <laughs> jinx, you owe me a, a gay kid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, that's how that game works. <laughs> what's that's like, canon. okay, aside yeah. from that, what's like the worst, uh, charity though that people think is legit but like really the daily wire it's not a charity womp, womp. <laughs> um the salvation army is a pretty big <gasps> one okay you gotta take that yeah. back so my bad take is a little bit less serious but mm-hmm. uh, you know what no it's not it's serious to me okay, okay? all right customization of fast food restaurants is obnoxious correct other than dietary or religious reasons other than that yeah. if you order a, a whopper Eat the yeah. onions. Yeah. Eat the onions. You're not, they're not taking the tomato off for exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. Michael, thoughts? <laughs> you got to come with more than that. Uh, what? <laughs> I, don't eat, I don't eat fast food enough to have opinions on this. Customization as in give me ketchup or mustard or don't? Like, like I'm having, a, like, of... I'm ordering a Whopper, but it's like, oh, but can you take the tomatoes off and the lettuce off? And I'll have a Whopper without those. Mm-hmm. Where I think where Jeff's coming from is fast food is fast food. 
Yeah. You, you take it as is. I'll go as far as to say if you're ordering from a menu where you can address the item by a number, mm-hmm. you just say the number. You don't have to say anything else right. unless you're allergic to pork. Other than that, you just order it the way it okay. comes. <clears throat> it's, so it's like Vietnamese restaurant rules for us exactly. who don't exactly. know Vietnamese. Mm. You take what you get, you point out a number, and you get what you get. Right. Nice. Yep. Okay. Do you know what you're getting, or the point is you don't know? Uh, you think you know. Okay. You have a pretty good idea. Okay. Is that how they do it in Vietnam? They just like to surprise themselves Are you in day? Vietnam right now? Uh, yeah, that's why it's um, noon right now. Yeah, outside my window. Here. Is that it's bright? Is that what time it is no right now in Vietnam? Are you seeing light come in? It, it might be. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll <laughs> Here's the thing. Right. When you said it because you're you, I believe you 100%. <laughs> I meant it when I said uh, geographical expert, and we'll get back to that. Okay. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I think that's... I agree. On, yeah, I okay. Agree on that I mean, one. I can have a bad... T- uh, that Me and my ex almost broke up for that reason alone before we broke up for real. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 9 a.m. It's a full 12 hours. Dang, that's cool. No, he's actually in Fairfax, Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not too far I will not away. be cutting that. I want the people to find you. Did no, you move fine. You move there by choice or... Hey, don't break the bad take segment. We oh. finished where we start. No tangents, <laughs> okay? No tangents. <laughs> Joni, your turn. My bad take. Within the next five to ten years, there is going to be a legit cognitive psychological disorder, dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, that is specifically associated with podcasts. With podcasting. (laughs) And and I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here. I'm, I'm a part of the problem, but... Listeners think, or hosts? Here's the thing. Who is affected? I thought of two sides to it. It's either going to be, it's the the issue is either going to be that one, you have an issue where you think that like everything is worthy of being a podcast, but they're going to be able to diagnose that at some point because it's like it's getting. Out I was going to say because the problem already exists. Yeah. we are here because of that. Or the problem is going to be that people listen to so many podcasts that they are no longer able to form their own thoughts and opinions because of how much they're just getting fed it. And that's going to be the dysfunction or disorder. But I think next 10 years tops, 10 years, there's going to be like in the books, there's going to be a legitimate thing associated with podcasting. So what I think is bad about that take is... The, the thing or one of the things? <laughs> the podcast specificity. Is, is that okay. it's, yeah, because right. you're basically just describing mass media and digital media and, mm. uh, you know, always on their phone, terminally online, whatever. And then you could go back and hear arguments like this about mm. when color TV was a thing that was mm. new. And I like having this guy around because normally Jonah uses the, so many big words when he makes an argument. We all kind of give him some credence, but nobody calls him on his bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to double down and say it's going to be just podcast specific. Okay. Why? What's different? What's different this time? What's different is, um, as opposed to what? What's, what is it different any, from? Any other scare over a new wave of media type. So the oh, I've seen this or one the smartphone hand. or the book or the slate and chalk. Right. The, the printing press. Everything has been a revolution, yeah. right? So what makes this one different than right, anything right, right. else? So if you're talking about the slate and chalk, that 
if you're going back that far, that is not something that takes away one's <clears throat> ability to think for themselves. Okay, okay. I think a better course to his there, question there would say, what is specific? Making, hey, no, no. This is a legitimate take. Um, okay. I like this there, guy. Sorry. Usually Jeff <laughs> doesn't people... shut up, <laughs> but he just made you shut up. <laughs> Go ahead, there's, there's Michael. legitimately in the historical record uh, saying, you know, making complaints in like the 16th century about how kids these days are always on their slates and don't know how to write with a pen and paper and right. are, you know, plagued by the impermanence of their learning medium mm-hmm. and, and whatever. So it's like the, the arguments have always been there. There's always been scaremongering and right. fear over the societal ill that's going to come from yeah. kids reading their books too much or being on their Kindle or and what I'll, baby syndrome. What I'll say to that is there is no difference to that, but and they were they're going to they're going to what and and they were all, and they were all bad <laughs> they're why, not all why bad is it going to be they're not okay. all bad i'm just, i think i lost okay, i no, think no, there's a are disconnect are you are you saying that either one these were all just as much issues and this is just a thing that happens whenever there's a new media is it does actually cause a plague or two you're saying there's something specific about podcasting that makes mm. it cause this thing no so you're saying just, the other I, I things did cause what you're saying. I don't think the other things caused it, and I don't think <clears throat> podcasts are like 100% causing it. I think that some people could view it as such, and they're just going to put a name on it and say, this is this kind of dysfunction. I'm not saying it's a... I just think it's going to get its own so shout kinda, out. So you're kind of going with the whole like the conglomerate of all these things together. Yeah. Social media, media, podcasting is going to cause some sort of like plague and they're going to call it the podcast disease. No. I, can I can I offer? So he, you're not saying that these things are actually causing a new phenomenon that's like a, you know. No. I'm just syndrome. saying. You're saying that our attention spans have been destroyed and some people have it extremely bad and it's going to be described by some people as podcast induced yes no brain okay either that or the the new the new dysfunction that they call it podcast is going to be in the subtext got it but it's going to get a shout out that is a much better take than the one you started out with. Well, we got there. <laughs> it started as a terrible take, and luckily now it's a bad we have take. a we have a Jonah translator with us today. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, Jonah is also very anti-social media. If you can tell, he's a very crunchy boy. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I'm not anti, but it doesn't do anything for me. I think. Well, you're clearly not anti yeah. because you're on a podcast that posts on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok every day. We post this. um anyway so michael uh before we get into your project um turquoise turquoise and gold the hit documentary in which you did the music for uh uh, why do you have authority on music so legally i have a degree it took me four years of struggling and i finally succeeded in uh getting a bm i have a counter to that finally hit of a counter okay. to that argument, I also is have it that. also in the form of a poop joke or no, no, but nice, nice. I didn't catch <laughs> you, it at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, my counter is that I also have the same degree. So oh, it's true. Other than that, I I have been playing guitar for you know most of a decade, and uh, I teach professionally, and I'm pretty good at it, and I've made a lot of music. I, I've been in bands. I've played on great stages. I toured internationally. 
Uh, I was in Senegal in 2018, touring on a State Department kind of uh, um, attached State uh, Department, like one of those ambassadors, jazz ambassadors. Yeah, like Adam Neely. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It was very cool sick. to see him talk about that when that came out. That was awesome. That's funny. I was like, huh, beat you to it, Adam. Somehow <laughs> I have done something before he did. Um, <laughs> well, it was that and have sex, but um, that's cool. We. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's how we met right me and uh, uh-huh. my, me and michael went to college together at yeah. old dominion university uh where we studied audio and neither one of us do audio um so yeah yeah basically yeah yeah i could tell by you guys trying to set up this this call <laughs> <laughs> it, it took 20 minutes it took 20 minutes of me being like can you hear me now how about now <laughs> and us just pressing buttons and twisting knobs um that's cool. Uh, so how, uh, what, tell me about the project. How, uh, how did you get involved in this? Okay, so the director, Jack Hanton, is an old friend of mine. I met him when we were both in high school. We went to different high schools, but we met at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which both of our schools got to participate in one year, and we stayed in the same dorm building because they paired up like localities, like school districts in the same area. And so we hung out with each other a bit over there, and I saw him at some improv competitions when we came back, and he came on stage uh, and said, I am the Swamp Monster, and that stuck with me, so I wanted to talk to him again. That sounds and like the way to Michael's heart, if I know Michael. <laughs> that's kind of, that's actually, this is not a joke, that's how I knew him. I didn't know his name uh, for the first little while I knew of him. So my friends and I from my own school, he was a swap monster and that was his actual nickname for a number of years among us. So, um, sounds like a real thespian. Oh, you don't know the half of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Jack and I, have stayed friends and like fans of each other's art and stuff. He, he got into making film as I got harder into making music. Um, he directed and shot some of the videos or the music videos for my old band, Archie and the Bird Brains. Um, they're on YouTube and they're very cool videos and they are really awesome. And he was a blast to work with and he's an awesome dude. And uh, the years kind of piled up a little bit and he we, we've shot messages to each other, you know, once or twice a year being like, hey, I'm. Um, or he would show me like some visual stuff he'd been working on. I'd be like, I want to make music for that. And I would send him some music and he'd be like, oh, man, I want to make some visuals for that. And we never really did it. And then I finished college and uh, had a job for a minute. And then the job wasn't for me. So I left that job. And then I had a ton of free time and yeah. because that's what happens when you're not really employed, strictly speaking. And he do hit me up and was like, hey, I have this documentary <laughs> <clears throat> be respectful the, the man's talking uh, so, okay, okay so Jonah. let's uh so he starts the <laughs> so jack he, right he, he's been he's been filming this documentary um all about family and uh, all that sort of thing and he's like I, I he tells me that he's got all these real songs that exist like as placeholders in the film but um it's an independent film. Yeah, you, know, you can't license so uh, this he, Go-Go song. Yeah. Uh, and so he was like, what What can I do about this? Would you make the music for it? 
and mm -hmm. take some of this as inspiration, but also just do your own thing with it. And I was like, yes, and yes, and yes. So that's what I did. I worked for a month and a half, basically just composing and recording and mixing and producing every day um, during the day and teaching guitar at night. And it was kind of awesome. Uh, I got really into the swing of it and it was extremely fun. I never thought I would like film composing or making music from movies. I was going to ask, is that really ever something uh, that you wanted to pursue with scoring or anything like that? In the Not before, but doing this project has given me a real love for it. And now I'm, mm. I tech, I bill myself as a film composer. Now You look so like a film composer. I, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs> That's cool. What, um, what was that process like? Were you mostly just like, you know, bedroom laptop situation? Did you go to any studios or work with anybody else? What was that actual recording <clears> process <throat> like? So having a bachelor's of music in sound recording technology means that I can do some stuff recording wise uh on my own to some degree of marginal quality i would say a bachelor's and, degree of quality yeah that's reasonable and factual yeah. um <laughs> so i i decided well not only as a cost measure doing it all myself um also for the sake of creativity it's great to work alone and on my own terms and do that uh, however I see fit and went on, on whatever schedule and, you know, all that, all that sort of thing mm -hmm. myself, I did it all in my room and I have a few dynamic microphones and, uh, one, I have a couple of condenser microphones and just recorded that all in my room. I used, I used an electric guitar an acoustic guitar for loads of it. I used some hand percussion Please, <laughs> please. I have a baby tambourine, and this is a canary stick. <laughs> oh man! Believe it's it hysterical. And believe it or not, I listened to the entire thing, and I remember that canary stick. <laughs> I remember it very well. That's the stick that I used on the recording. So, did Whoa, you get it dude. for that, or you had it laying around, and we're like, I should, <clears throat> I should use this. I had it laying around because uh -huh. my of course you did. partner Karen got a bunch of canary sticks for free at a music educators conference and gave one of them to my mom. And so we had that in the house and I was like, that's mine now for the purpose of this. <laughs> that and is such a roundabout mom. way for you to get a uh, canary stick from your partner. Like it had to come free from this event and end up to my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 by way of my mom, it was not directly to me. Yeah. Uh -huh. I see. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I use my Nectar brand um, MIDI controller keyboard, and all right, this isn't a this isn't a gear a tutorial. Not well. That's it. That's that's really that's that was it. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Were you uh, nervous about taking on that project, like having not done it before? <clears throat> so yes, extremely, and also not a ton. Um. <laughs> Yes, in the, in the sense of thinking about what would actually have to go into it and the amount of work that it was going to take and ended up taking mm -hmm. all that and more. Um, but also, no, because Jack is not only like a, a dear friend of mine who I could have great communication with, he was also 
he's also a really strong collaborator. He and I have known each other and worked on a lot of stuff together. And he's been a huge fan of my music uh, for as long as I've been making it, basically. And he and I were able to communicate on terms. He was able to... I felt understood and I felt respected. Mm-hmm. And like he put a ton of trust in me that I was so glad to have. And that was kind of, you know encouraging empowering if you will and yeah i I was like i i'm gonna do it and whatever i do is what it is because jack asked me to make music the way i would make music and i just let myself go Mm -hmm. and i wrote a ton some of it's instrumental and some of them are real songs with words and stuff and like a chorus or whatever (laughs) um words and stuff or whatever the songs (laughs) like that have and and he let me he let me do experimental stuff encouraged me to um there's an ambient piece in there there's tons of sampling there's abrasive sounds and unorthodox recording techniques and i just got to let it take me wherever it would and push myself wherever felt right on mm. the day. And that was an awesome experience. How many, uh, if, uh, if any guidance did you get? I know. So you said there were some placeholder songs, right? As inspiration, but was there any actual direction as far as like, this is where the story is going to go. So I want it to feel this way here, or I want this kind of song here because this is when this scene is happening or was it just kind of up to your interpretation? There was some of that. There was some, there was some back and forth. Um, and to Jack's credit, he didn't just say, okay, great with whatever I sent him. He, he gave me some constructive criticism. It was like, this is not really the thing for this scene that I had imagined it, uh, one piece to be for, but I'll use it elsewhere. Can you give me something that's more like this? I wish I could remember what um, example Jack showed me for that one piece um hang on i'm just gonna try to conjure a detail look at my notes there's one piece that was kind of the emotional climax of the movie and like the closing the old pelvic sneeze of the movie and (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh so uh, don't you feel bad for laughing now because it's a movie about death. I knew it was this grandma uh, died. So don't you guys look humor's how sensitive. You, humor's how you, you get through dead grandmas, right? I don't know. You do know. You have a dead grandma. I didn't laugh about it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, the film is about um, Jack's grandmother having died about a year ago now. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Um, or, or about 11 months ago now. And the family convened in San Francisco to celebrate her life. And it, it was like they hadn't seen each other. They hadn't been in one place altogether in a really long time. And so, you know, family is family. And that's amazing and stressful and awful. And it's a huge moment. It's one of the biggest things that happens in life. And still there's all this little interstitial stuff that goes on. And that's really how Jack told the story through the edit and through the filming of it all. It's it's the little bits. It's almost, it, it's like subtle in the way that it's communicated what actually happened. And it's really artistic. And that was extremely, it was like creatively nourishing for me to work mm-hmm. with. That was, that was really, really cool of an approach. It, it let me 
once I once I got to see his director's cut and get a little more direction for him on how he envisioned these like climactic scenes, I, I, I was able to come back to it and be like work with a new understanding and depth, uh, like a depth of understanding that I didn't have before. Um, and, and push for, I tried to achieve like a sense of almost wonderment, but also melancholy and everything that makes, okay. So my biggest, one of my biggest inspirations is Brian Eno's Another Green World 1975 album. That is one of the best pieces of art I think ever made in the audio medium. And I wanted to do what made that so great. I read a piece of writing about that album that said one of the things that made it so unique is that so a lot of music conveys a lot of emotions and the emotions that that album pushes you to feel are emotions not direct but observed and experienced with someone watching something else happen observing another thing go on from a, a removed place. And I think that is fascinating. And mm. that's also kind of what it's like to watch a movie about something so deeply personal, but also so real. Like mm -hmm. it's a documentary, but it's a, 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 a story of a family doing their own family stuff. You're not in that family. The observer is not. It, it's, but it's still so deep and resonating because there is the the little ways that you can relate to stuff that doesn't map one-to-one -to, -one to your experience. So it, it was working from that level of remove, but also feeling something so deeply anyway. And I've been rambling now, but <laughs> you're these good. are the thoughts no, that's, that I, that's, I have uh, about that's the really process. That's really cool. Yeah. I, uh, I'm shedding a bit of a tear right now and also thinking about how our medium is pretty... Um, how long do you think we could talk about our podcast and the emotional ramifications of it. I don't know, but I don't want to go after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super cool. Uh, I was going to ask you about like uh, musical inspiration. The um, I, I like to think of it as I like to think of myself as a man with some indie cred. Uh, something me and Michael would talk about indie credentials. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, but Michael has the most indie credentials. So the only thing I could think of when listening to it is it's a little mo modern baseball-y in a very lovely way, which is everything. That's a win. Okay, cool. You liked it. Good, good, good. I was I was really worried about that. Uh, I'm going to check. What, what's that thing you said? Uh, Brian, what's his doodad? <clears throat> Brian Eno. Brian Eno. Eno. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar. I'll just check that out. Pioneer of modern ambient music in the 70s. Super producer for every... Uh, artistic pop mm -hmm. rock song of the 80s. He worked with, on Bowie's Berlin albums and U2's good stuff, or rather U2's great stuff. I like U2. Sue me. Sorry, we're not on the bad takes section anymore. <laughs> I'll stop talking about how much I like U2. But, the entire, uh, uh, the entire yeah. podcast is the bad takes section. We just try to get them all out at the beginning, but um, that's super cool. I will say like, uh, I'm not a fan of ambient music at all, personally. And obviously, it's not like this is your intention when doing music for something like this, but I listened to the whole thing. I was at a coffee shop doing some work, and I, I was like, I got to listen and take notes and stuff, and uh, uh, it was very, very pleasing experience. Nice. And nice I, <laughs> I feel like a, a lot of the times, like with stuff like that, like ambient, you're not necessarily writing for the listener to just have a good time listening to it. You know, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. 
But I also just had a good time in addition to all that. Yeah, so... You know, the father of ambient music wrote about it with his a little piece that was a companion piece of writing to his first true ambient work. I think this was music for airports in like 1974. He, he put out, there's a quote that goes around with ambient music. The goal is music that is as interesting as it is ignorable. Mm. And that's exactly what you're going on. Yeah, that's mm. a per, that's a, a much more eloquent way to put it mm. than whatever the hell I just said. But yeah, that actually hits it perfectly. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool, Michael. Uh, that is it, it was really genuinely really good. Uh, I will be watching the documentary. Um, any uh, any plugs? When's the uh, what's the what's the call to action for this? Okay, there's uh, this is going to come out after this. There's a free premiere screening in Fairfax, Virginia on Tuesday, the 7th of March at 7.15 p.m. at Cinema Arts Theater in Fairfax, Virginia, which is going to be after this comes out, I think. Um, But you can listen to the album soundtrack on Bandcamp. Um, It... You can write to your local film festivals and say you should um, show this movie here and uh follow jack hanton online and me on the internet you can find both of us because you're both savvy because you're all savvy internet listen people listeners. of course yeah of course <laughs> all of us um cool so uh it's going to be available on uh on Bandcamp, right yeah the album soundtrack is the movie if you were not a kickstarter backer is not available online at this point it may never be or working some things out behind the scenes to see if it ever will be. Gotcha. Well, uh, follow Jack Hanton and Michael Richardson for more information on that. And we will include all all the good links in the description. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before we let you go, Michael, um, uh, of Fairfax, Virginia, you know, one time I went, uh, I had to go work in Northern Virginia, as I do sometimes, (laughs) and I'm driving around filming neighborhoods don't worry why that's the part of the job, but I'm driving around doing that and I just see a little mustachioed man kind of stare at me for a second. And I'm like, who the, who is that? I'm getting out of here. And I leave that freaking guy right no there. Way. Yeah. I don't remember who texted who, but they were just like, are you in Northern Virginia? I remember the, the day he came back from that and he's like, Oh, super weird. I ran into this guy from college. Yeah. Man. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. But, <laughs> Michael, oh, yeah, you, um, somehow you ended up in my neighborhood. I was just like going for a walk. You apparently live in a nice you. neighborhood because that's it. I just go to the ones that look like they're going to look good on a real estate video. Be honest, <laughs> how creepy did he look driving by with a camera? He ten out of ten. <laughs> he was he was like a specter. I didn't actually see him. Uh-huh. I didn't know Jeff was there until he texted me. He was like he he texted me first. He was like, oh, yeah. "Yo, are you in Northern? Are you in Fairfax right now?" Is like. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's, uh, it's a very dangerous job. Okay, I've been threatened several times. Yeah. Um, people don't like it when you just film their house, apparently. But yeah. um, that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, Michael is also a geographical expert. Isn't that right, Michael? Uh, some would say. Some would say. Give me, give me something impressive right now. Go. Oh, I thought you were preparing. I thought you had like a quiz or something. Well, I, I have something he for does you. That but, a lot where but, he first, likes, but first, yeah. just go. Just dance for yeah. me, monkey. That's a good fact for you. There's more people living on the island of Java than there are in all of Russia. 
See what I'm saying? This guy, this guy's he knows things. He knows so many about, things. Uh, where I've never heard of Java. It's in Indonesia. That's an island. It's it's kind of where we get the um name for coffee, like Java. Mm. Oh, I was gonna make that joke, but apparently it's true. No, that's just it's just just facts. <laughs> nice. Well, I do have a geographical question for you, Mike. That's very near and dear to this podcast. Um, <clears throat> okay. What states are included in the Midwest? Great question. <laughs> We've stumped them. We're not that dumb. There's, a, there's essentially two schools of thought. Um, I am a Rust Belt Great Lakes kind of person. I am not a believer in the like strict east-west partition of the country. Mm-hmm. Some people include Oklahoma in the Midwest. That's wrong. The Midwest, Midwest. proper is the western half of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota, the Dakotas, eastern halves of each one of them, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri. Missouri's Midwestern, depending. St. Louis is Midwestern, but huh. like if you went to Southwestern Missouri State, which is now just Missouri State, you wouldn't be living in the Midwest. So not Arizona. What? No, that's Southwest. And not and not Colorado. Absolutely not. Pure West. Okay, we've established it here today. That's good. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there no is there no explanation for the lore here? Well, we uh, we were discussing where the Midwest actually it was with our last <laughs> guest and. Um, we proceeded to name a whole bunch of states and be like, is it? And we would fight, and uh, I was just popping them all up on the TikTok as I was making it, and just none of them, none of them are even We didn't close. even get close. <laughs> <laughs> you just named all the states we just forgot existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, are you judging these against like a canon of correct states? Like what's your answer code here? It was just based on vibes, just based on yeah. how you feel. Yeah. Vibes. Like okay. what yeah. feels like the Midwest to you, and we yeah. we felt incorrectly. I felt Colorado heavy. Heavy. It's, I mean, it, it's mid, and it's more west than Virginia. <laughs> it's mid. <laughs> it is mid. It is mid. Oh, beautiful. Well, Michael, I have one last question for you. Uh, I think it's the perfect way to sum up a guest episode, and that's by making it more about me. So, Michael, we went to college together. We spent a great amount of time together. What is your best memory, your best Jeff story? Okay, you were, we've already covered the Jeff showed up in my neighborhood to stalk me and film me. That would have been a good one. That would have been a good one. <laughs> that That's pretty good. You called me one time. I think you were extremely extremely drunk I-, <laughs> I was working in the studio i was in the studio at school with all this free studio time um we had there working on my previous album before this uh soundtrack album go check out the old man the boat by the madelines spelled like the french cookie um that's on Bandcamp and also streaming everywhere but do it on Bandcamp. i mean come on streaming sucks oh i should have said that as my bad take it's not oh. bad though. okay never mind yeah. jeff called me while i was in the studio working on the old man the boat and my uh, the keyboard player and my friend sean 
was also in there with me. You didn't know he was because I didn't tell you, but you decided you wanted to tell me a story about, I think, the prior night, how you had just gotten into a fight and your mom was there and she was trying to get you laid and uh, also got in a, in, in like, you had to intervene in a fight between her and this guy in the parking lot who ended up driving off in his, I think you got hit. And oh, then man. like every, every next detail of this, both me and Sean were dying about this because I didn't introduce him in the room soon enough. And you jumped into this story and I was like, I can't say someone else you don't know has been hearing this the whole time now because then you'll stop. Oh, I wouldn't um, have. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. Or it would have been it would have violated your trust and privacy, which. Wait till now, now to do it on a podcast once we're all just yeah. far enough away from it. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, that's cool. Oh, that's great. That is a really good story, which this, the full version of this story will be making it appear soon. I might even bleep out a couple of the things he said, but if you want to hear this amazing story that even Michael is entertained by, stay, stay tuned. Yes. It, it, classic Michael to be um, <laughs> unimpressed. <laughs> as a fan of ambient music, your brow is very high, as is your palate. You know, so if this story is to your liking, it must be damn good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Michael. This was very entertaining. This was so much fun, you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. It, yeah. it was. I've never done a, a plugging. Well, I, this this is sort of my first plug. Uh, appearance that um, uh, on a show like this. This is really fun. I love it. Great to hang with you guys. Nice to meet you, Jonah. A pleasure to meet you. Anything else you want to plug now that we're coming towards the end? Uh, Any of the bands? Uh, Are you doing any podcasts right now currently? Um, All of my show. Well, uh, actually, yeah. Okay. I'm working on, I have two podcasts running the fact Cougars, which I host with Miles Moline and um, is (laughs) Jeff's a fan is what I'll say. Oh, even Jeff likes it. All the t- you know even Jeff likes it, which like. my liking has it. the exact opposite effect as yours does. Because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> my second favorite movie of, of all time is Twilight. So take that as you will. No, my cred. Oh, it's all gone. <laughs> uh, I, I also am working on a, a tabletop role-playing games podcast called Dungeons All the Way Down, which I host with my pal, Brayden. Uh, I don't know if his last name is public knowledge. Braden. Got it. Cool. Yep. Cool. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and of course, uh, Turquoise and Gold out. Kickstarter. Kick, Kickstarter. Yeah. Kickstarter, as well as the soundtrack. Kickstarter is over. Camp. Check it out on Bandcamp. Yeah. Bandcamp. Check Band out the Camp. soundtrack on Bandcamp. Stay tuned with his socials to find out more updates. Uh, write your congressman and tell them we need it at Sundance. Yes. Write Ron oh, DeSantis yeah. and tell him we need it <laughs> at Sundance. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Uh, Oh, oh, I forgot. Um, Send us your questions. Uh, We'll answer your questions. TikTok, Instagram, and uh, I love you. You're cool. I love you.